This is where we Wait. insert the theme song. Welcome back to the Backstairs Podcast. Uh, I'm one of the hosts. I'm Aaron. I'm Scott. I'm not a host, but I'm Janelle. Hello. You're a host tonight. <laughs> yes, you're. You're because somebody, I, I wouldn't even missing. say like you're honorary anymore. Like you, right? You're 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 in that seat a lot now. Oh. Well, you know? usually true. I'm over there, but I'll take it. Yes. Well, you look good there. <laughs> Thank you. Well, there's, there's no seat there today, so you yes. can't sit over there. Yeah, we're That's missing true. we're missing uh, a, a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. More than a friend, I would say. More than words. <laughs> is, is he a lover? Is that what we're seeing? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's my cousin, so. <laughs> so that. that would be really weird. <laughs> But Aaron, he is a lover, isn't he? Yes. To you. Yes. I mean, in in a way where it's like not like physical. Not mm-hmm. physical love. Like right. a lover, but not a fighter type of. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, he, John's away. He's yeah. on a business trip. Yeah. Meeting. No. Me- a meeting out of state. Yeah. It's, yes. Ooh. So it sounds very I, I, hush hush. It, I think it sounds very. He's on a business trip. Mm. That sounds better. Away on business. He's away on business. Away on mm-hmm. business. He's a big league now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so is there anything? Do you guys want to update us on or anything before we get started with our guests? I don't know. I don't have any updates. Have you got any updates? Um, nothing that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. but perhaps <laughs> later. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> No yeah. updates yet, but stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. Maybe. Maybe mm. not. Maybe. Just ignore this if not. <laughs> it's fine. We'll go back and edit it. <laughs> yeah, let's just cut everything. Cut that in post, Aaron. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking that I, I, I haven't introduced anybody this year, and I kind of want to keep the, the, tro- the, the train rolling. <laughs> oh. Like, I don't think I've introduced anybody. Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I think I would like just like let one of you guys. Yeah. I think Scott should do it because Scott has a close personal connection with yeah. this person. Oh well, I guess it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. It does make all sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, we're gonna introduce <laughs> our guest, the beautiful. <laughs> yes, is is she talented? Oh, she is talented. Very is she, talented. Is she beautifully talented? Beautifully talented mm-hmm. is two of the words that you would. <laughs> uh, you're not, not talk worthy. about We're not, talk not the about only this. two words. Not the only yeah. two words. Right. Just just a couple just of a, the many words. Uh, the many words to describe to describe our guest, our wordsmith. Mm. Like Possibly, she does play with words quite often. That she, I do. She does write a lot. It's Lisa Moore. Welcome Ooh. to yes, the Backstage thank Podcast. You. Thank you. I've been looking forward to this. This with- is. Very great As to much, have you here. Uh, nervousness and excitement, and uh, <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, I think this has been like a year, because we reached out to you in the fall, right, to set something I up? I think it was the fall, yeah. you know, and I, when you called me, I was like, oh, that's in February. I didn't know. <laughs> Who's thinking about February? 
And um, of course, as it rolled around, it's like, oh, oh, yeah, I did say I would do that. So <laughs> that's kind Here of how it are. felt for me. Yeah. Yeah. Any regrets at all? So Not far? at all. Good, good. Not at all. <laughs> Not yet. We'll check in again and later. Yeah. yeah, that it's Groundhog Day <laughs> oh, and yes. the folk oh, right. and my we friend Rocky's be. birthday oh. and the coldest so we picked a really good night of the year. <laughs> we, we picked a good day for this. Yes, you yeah. certainly did. You certainly Groundhog did. Day, we could be stuck in a loop. We'll be here forever. We could, like Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he retired now. I know. Again. Maybe. <laughs> Tom Brady, friend of the podcast. <laughs> yes. uh, Another you, goat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. So, Lisa, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself to start? Where, where do you come from? Well, what? I'm I'm a transplant. Yep. I grew mm-hmm. up in Ohio in okay. a small wow. town. And... Um, but I was, you know, I was thinking about my theater uh, resume today. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was, you know, in plays in high school and I I did everything I could to get out of my small town. And mm. um, so I was successful. I went to college and most of my friends did not. That was a very mm. radical thing to do in the early 70s to huh. leave a town like that and go off to college. And I did. I went to college in Indiana. I went to Notre Dame. I was in the the second year of girls being admitted. Wow. wow. And what a bizarre place it was. Oh, my gosh. It was the, the, I never had a female teacher. Um, I never, I mean, the ratio was something like 10 to 3 when I was admitted. I was often the only girl in class and asked things like, so, Miss Moore, could you give us the women's perspective <laughs> on, you know, by priests who had never had <laughs> girls in class? Oh, man. Um, I would never put myself in that kind of situation now. But at the time, I just, um, I knew about Notre Dame. I grew up in a Catholic family. My father was a huge football fan. Mm-hmm. So this to me was like, if I could go there, why wouldn't I? Yeah. So I did. And um, I wasn't sure what to major in. I changed majors a lot. But I ended up as an English and theater major. Okay. So I, you know, but my theater experience in college was not mostly acting. I did small little parts when they needed an extra body or yeah. somebody who could dance or, you know, things like that. But I really loved the backstage mm-hmm. work. I was, I loved being a stage manager. I liked being a director. Um, I liked the, you know, the building of sets and choreographing and costuming yeah. and that, that the production end of things. So then after college, um, I uh, married a man a week after I uh, graduated and we got jobs at Hebron Academy Oh, in the, you know, this was the winter of uh, the year 1977. And we moved to this Godforsaken little school <laughs> in a place in a part of the country I had never been to before. I had been basically in my small little town in Ohio mm-hmm. and Notre Dame, and that's that's pretty much it. Wow. So we, you know, we get we get on a plane. We come here to interview in the winter. Um, Obviously, yes. <laughs> and then, of course, the first year we were here was the winter of '78. So we were here during the. You know, the massive snowstorm. But we were hired because we both were English teachers. They needed two English teachers and they wanted to start a theater program. Mm. 
So we came and we started a theater program and it was wildly successful with the kids, the faculty, the community, you know, we did Mm -hmm. Godspell and Pippin and, you know, the good doctor and everything was just a smashing success. Um, And we divorced three years later. I had had a child and we lived there in a house that burned down uh, in, it was an academy owned house, but it burned down. And uh, so I had this, this wonderful experience in many ways at Hebron. I learned to be a good teacher. I learned um, to be a good director and a, um, but I was kind of the wife in Mm. the, in the pair. Um, Mm. So anyway, uh, at that point, um, we went different ways and, uh, but I, I stayed in teaching and I was hired at Greeley High School a okay. few years mm-hmm. later. I went back to school and got my teaching certificate, which you didn't have to have to teach at Hebron, but you did in public right. school. Right. So I went back to school, got my teaching certificate and taught at Greeley and directed plays. And we, um, I think I, one of my questions was about this, uh, <laughs> We, we called it the play that wouldn't die. We had a one act play one year that just kept winning and winning and winning and winning and winning. And the, the, the levels of competition were like two weeks apart. Mm-hmm. So we had to have a couple of rehearsals in between to kind of keep the kids, right. you know, keep in the fresh, spirit, yeah. yep. but it just, it wouldn't end. It, we ended up going to um, Newport, Rhode Island and winning, wow. you know, it was, wow. it was great. It was it, Wonderful experience, but really wore me out. Yeah. And in the meantime, I met um, my current husband. So he was from Lewiston, Maine. He was also in graduate school in Boston. So I moved to Boston to be with him Mm -hmm. and directed some plays at Wayland High School outside of Boston. Okay. um, And taught school there. But after a few years, we I had a son before, and we had another son. We decided to move back to Maine, which is where our roots, his roots were and my heart was. So we moved back to Harrison um, in 1996. So it's been, you know, more than 25 years that we've been around here. Wow. So um, I've never, I I shifted from um, teaching and directing to writing at Mm. that point. Okay. And uh, Scott and I met through a storytelling event at right. Celebration Barn with Sally Jones. Yep. But I feel like we really connected during um, More to Come, right. which is a play that I wrote, um, an original play. Okay. So, so um, but I'm also a poet. I do a lot of, you know, readings, performing. Um, I've been very involved in the Norway Arts Festival, mm-hmm. getting yeah. that off the ground 20 years ago. Yep. Right. Um, I've been very active. I was one of the founding board members at the Allen Day Community Garden. I've been the president of the board at Fair Share, you know, three or four different stints. Hmm. So I'm I'm pretty rooted in the community. Hmm. Um, but unlike all of you, I, I haven't had a lot of uh, direct community theater experience mm-hmm. here. Yeah. So I kind of come at it from a different angle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything that you were just mentioning is like, what made like me and Janelle fall in love with Norway. I feel like, yeah, you know, like having a public garden and the, the fair share market mm-hmm. and, and the arts festival. And the art festival. Yes. Yeah. It's an amazing community. It really um, is. I knew Tony Montanero. Uh, I have a funny story about that if you want to hear it, but 
Always. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and I knew, uh, uh, um, uh, I didn't ever know Leos Matolci, but I've known his daughter very mm-hmm. well over the mm-hmm. years. Yeah. So those, I think of those two as really the, you know, the, the beginnings of this arts community mm. that has grown yeah. here yeah. over the years. So yeah. what, what made you move to the writing? You were doing a lot of play. I had one experience stuff. I was teaching and um, it was 1970, no, 87 when the Red Sox almost won the World Series. <laughs> 86. But, 86. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Thank you. They Remember won in 87. <laughs> they almost won in 86. And my son was uh, eight years old. And we, you know, it, we just went through this whole agonizing experience with him. <laughs> and I wrote an editorial about it like the day after. Uh, and I hmm. sent it to the Boston Globe and they published it oh, like that cool. day. Yeah. Wow. And it was such a rush for me. I can yeah. imagine. That I thought, I want to be a writer. I mean, yeah. I'm like, I just want to be a writer. I've always been a writer. And I was kind of burning out with teaching. And I was in a like a fish out of water in Wayland. I don't know if you, none of you know Wayland. It's mm-hmm. a no. very wealthy community. Hmm. I did well there, but I had nothing in common really with the, yeah. with the right. community. Other than the Metco students who came in from Boston on the buses in mm-hmm. the mornings. Mm-hmm. But that that experience of seeing something that I wrote that was so personal published so quickly, it just kind of lit another fire mm. for me. Yeah. Right. And uh, so I I left teaching and kind of went out thinking I was going to be a freelance writer. And that's what I've been ever since. Hmm. So very wow. cool. And I've been able to uh, mostly I write for educational p- publishers, um, but I write short stories. Yep. I write poems, I write for travel magazines, mm-hmm. and I write plays. Yeah. So, wow. yeah. That's so Very cool. cool. That's so cool. Yeah. I didn't know that story about why you get into writing, Anna. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. I like yeah. It. I'm, I yeah. should preface that by saying I was cheering for the Mets in 86, <laughs> so... Sorry, my feelings were different. I, I could have written about it, but I was much more excited than the Red yeah. Sox fans were. So, yeah, it was a big, big deal when you lived there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was in Mass, uh huh. When it, you know, the big game of uh, game six of yes, 86 when the, when yeah, they thought they had it and the it ball through the, the legs yeah, and the yeah. Bill Buckner. I experienced that oh, with my. a bunch of Red Sox fans. And you know, you remember this? It was, <laughs> yeah, you remember you? that? Do you guys remember that? Were you guys born we yet? Were, no. uh, pre-utero <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Very pre. Well, my son was eight and he was at the age where like it never occurred to him that they could lose. Yeah. He was, oh, he yeah. had been on this roll yeah. all mm-hmm. season yeah. and he played baseball and he followed in the baseball cards. And it was just, he, you know, would wear his little Wade Boggs uniform <laughs> and <laughs> sing the star spangled banner. And it was just so touching. Yeah. And then like, it honestly, it was like the whole thing changed in a, in a moment. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. it all just went, you know, a I different direction. It went through the legs. It went through the legs. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, literally did. That's great. So yeah. um, you said you had a story about Tony Montanaire. 
Yeah, it's a good one. Um, I was, our house had burned down at Hebron and I, we, the Academy, uh, helped us rent a house out in West Paris. Cause they, the house burned down in October. They literally had nowhere to put us other than wow. a dorm room. Mm. Yeah. And we lived in a dorm room for the house burned in October. We lived there for a couple months with a newborn baby. Wow. And we, we finally over Christmas vacation just said, we, we have to make a change. We yeah. can't, this is, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. So we found a, a farmhouse out in West Paris and, um, and we commuted to Hebron every mm-hmm. day. And, uh, but in the summer I got a phone call cause I was, you know, we were directing and somehow Tony had heard that I did some costuming. So he called me and said, we want you to make these body suits for us. You know, these stretchy okay. body suits, mm-hmm. whole, whole body suit, black, stretchy stuff. We want to be able to pee when we have them on. So there's got to be some way. These were all men okay. that we, you know, you got to design that into the suit. A little zipper. So um, I, we actually used Velcro. But, mm-hmm. um, oh, okay. Yes. Okay. We had to find a soft Velcro, which was not an easy thing. Yeah, I would. You know, Velcro, it's kind of hard. Yeah. So, um, but this, this group of men came to my house one day to be measured for the bodysuits. So, you know, there was lots of laughter and just all Ooh. these measurements, you know, the torso <laughs> and the, you know, the measurement from the neck and around and under the legs and where does the hole go? And, <laughs> you know, so I had never met Tony and it was like a, it was a play in my living room. These, <laughs> these mimes and these actors, you know, very mm-hmm. talented yeah. people. Mm-hmm came to be measured for these bodysuits, but they were, you know, we just didn't stop laughing and then jokes were just flying all over the place, you know? And so that's, that's how I met Tony. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Mm. That's cool. So, uh, one of the reasons we brought you here since you're writing now, you're not really doing any theater, although it wasn't that long ago we did the play, although it's starting to, it's been a few years. Well, it's been a few Six years. years. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, in the name community theater, there's community, mm. right? And you're part of my community theater family, I consider. Um, and these two are part of my community theater family. But you guys didn't know each other until tonight. Mm-hmm. So, right. I mean, you've, you've seen them sure. before, but you didn't know them. And I, I think it's interesting how we bring our communities together. Um, yeah. And uh, I was wondering, like you, you were talking about working with Fair Share, and uh, what is what is that? That's another community. The Allen Day Garden mm-hmm. is another community. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on on bringing communities together? And well, I you know it's interesting. I I think we live in a small smallish community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But I think we are, we're little bubbles often, you know, we have our community theater bubble and our fair share bubble and our Allen Day bubble and our McLaughlin garden bubble. And mm-hmm. there's cafe. There's, yes. You know, and, and then there's the teachers and then yeah. there's the snowplow drivers and then, you know, <laughs> but we all tend to stay in our, in our, um, comfort, comfort zones mm-hmm. yeah. and in our bubbles. So 
one of the things that I'm really interested in, and it sounds like you are too, is finding places where those bubbles can overlap, mm-hmm. yeah. intersect, intertwine. Mm. Um, and it, it sounds like an easy thing to do, but I find it incredibly challenging mm-hmm. yeah. to yeah. do. And of course, COVID has made it even more challenging right? because not only do we not socialize with our bubbles, some of us don't leave the house very often. Yeah. So um, I do think there's, there's opportunity and maybe this is that kind of opportunity for those circles yeah. to uh, intersect, you know, the Venn diagram instead yeah. of the two circles. Right. So. Right. The Venn diagram that leads me to something we had, we have letters come in from time to time. Oh. Yes. And I got to find this letter. I have this letter here. And I'm going to bring it up. Here it is right here. There's a letter. You found that pretty from, quickly. I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty quick about that. I it's, see we've for, forgotten the uh, imaginary mailbox. Oh, oh, right. The imaginary <laughs> mailbox. It's over there behind yes, the it, camera. Yes, it's behind the camera. Right, right. I, oh, oh, that I mailbox. Yes. 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 Yeah. yes, I already grabbed it before oh, we came. Oh, I see. So that's, yes. And, and then took that's a fine. photo. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I took yes. a picture of it. And a little snapshot, and here it is. This is a letter from a mutual friend of ours uh, talking about you. And I thought I'd just read a little bit about it. Lisa Moore. One could not live in Norway and not know who Lisa Moore is. (laughs) Think a web or a Venn diagram. Whoa. And at the center of each is Lisa Moore. Hmm. She just gathers people about her. It's who she is, a tireless innovator and a lot generator of creative ideas. Mm. People simply love her, as do I. Over the years, she has been instrumental in helping the food, co- food co-op, excuse me, running workshops for writers and poets, mm. publishing several booklets of her poetry, and making the yearly Norway Art Festival a success. I could go on and on. Lisa's lovely poems often are snapshots that commemorate events and people. For a period, she owned a house in Norway that became a beehive of community activity. Mm. And it is there she connected art, theater, and history in her original play about the life of Duncan Slate. Bringing Duncan to life and working with Lisa, husband Lee, and the cast was a joy, especially to me who played the old Duncan. Old Duncan. <laughs> The only male role I ever got to play. (laughs) A standing room only crowd saw the show and we were excited to learn that Amanda Hootery was bringing it to the Celebration Bar. Barn. Celebration Bar. There's a bar. I kind of like the sound of that. The the speakeasy (laughs) in the Celebration Bar. You got something on your mind? (laughs) We were touring. Uh, The barn also hosted a... This is what happened show in which Lisa shared a deeply personal story with her audience. Another example of Lisa as a performer and storyteller. Mm. Now Lisa's new stories are often Facebook posts featuring photos of three beautiful little granddaughters that she and husband Lee dote on and messages of pride about their two successful sons. Thanks Lisa for being the force you are and for all you do in Norway. We look forward to more creative projects. That's from our dear friend, Sally Jones. Oh, Sally. (laughs) She's such a love. She is. She, 
she writes up little letters for us for our show and we love mm -hmm. to have, That's have great. her be a part of it. Yeah. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit more about more to come? What, what sure. got you started on that? Well, it was Duncan. I mean, I, I would, yeah. if I were, mm -hmm. if I have a point to make here, it would be if there's someone or something in your community that you want to celebrate, do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just do it. And, yep. um, it was a, it was a great experience. It was a wonderful friendship, um, that we had. I knew him when he was in his older years, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, he, he thanked me so often for helping him, but, mm -hmm. you know, he gave me so much. Mm -hmm. Um, he was a world war II veteran. He worked in, um, industry for Uniroyal mm -hmm. and had this kind of midlife change. And he, you know, unfortunately divorced his wife and left his kids and became an artist. Mm -hmm. So, um, it was quite a story. He was really, I think everybody, anybody who knew him yeah. was yeah. influenced by him. Mm -hmm. He was an art teacher at the middle school here. And when we were working on the play, you know, and, and getting a little publicity, so many young adults would say, Oh my gosh, he was my art teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember him. I remember how he talked to us. It was different than any other teacher. So, um, he passed away and, uh, I don't know. There was, we were at the time that the arts festival was, um, as Sally mentioned in her letter, we really were making a point of celebrating each year, something historical. Mm. Um, you know, there would be a focus yeah. figure. And uh, I think it was the fifth or sixth year we had done that. And I proposed that we feature Duncan. And it was met with, you know, yes, that's perfect. Um, and at that point, I decided, you know, I'm going to write a play. Yeah. And I had kind of a vision of what it would be, but it all happened fairly quickly. Yeah. I mean, usually... I'm, I have a play in process right now, but mm -hmm. it's been in process for years and years. Yeah. Yeah. This happened kind of within a year. Mm -hmm. You know, we made the decision to focus on Duncan. And then I thought, I could just do this. And I, I knew I didn't want to be really ambitious with it. So I decided to do a three scene, one act play. Yeah. Um, and get three actors mm -hmm. to play Duncan at three different parts of his life. So there's a young pilot Duncan yeah. during World War II in scene one. There's a middle-aged teacher Duncan in scene two, and that's who Scott played. And then the, there was the older painter Duncan right. in scene three. And we talked about different, I, I wanted to just ask, I didn't want to have auditions. Yep. I wanted to just kind of tap some friends and mm -hmm. uh, do it that way. And so um, it was interesting. We talked about different older actors that could have played Duncan as an older man. Mm -hmm. But when I thought about Sally, it just seemed so perfect. Duncan had a very feminine side to him. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he would openly talk about that, you know, like, oh, I wish I could be a woman. And you know, he, he really did acknowledge mm -hmm. this kind of feminine in his own psyche mm -hmm. and uh, always talked about Layla, this, this, uh, um, you know, the, the, the goddess that influenced his muse, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
And, um, and in fact, when he left his, his wife, he left her for a very, very young woman who his son had dated. Oh, wow. Yes. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, (laughs) but anyway, he was very open about it and it's in the play. So it's, it's kind of common Mm -hmm. knowledge and he would openly talk about it. Mm. But, um, so, uh, yeah. And it was, it was great to cast Sally when I first pitched the idea to her. She's, she was like, I, I've never played a man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but she was perfect. Yeah. She was absolutely yeah. perfect. Yeah. 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 It really, I think was a, a, a shining experience for mm-hmm. her. And she had played Margaret Chase Smith recently yeah, at that she point. Had, she had just been wrapping it up, I think. Yeah. But I, I want to say it might've been Sally's last role on it, stage. It might be. She might've done one more. Well, she did the um, storytelling things and she yeah. did one that right. was, she participated in very much as an actor, the one about yeah. theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yes. but I don't know if she had another role yeah, I don't know. after I'm, that. I remember seeing her in one of her last times doing the Margaret Chase Smith mm-hmm. thing. But I don't remember if that was before or Yeah, after. I don't either. Sally, if you're listening, let us know. <laughs> was Duncan Slade your last role that you've played so far? Or is Lisa just making it up? <laughs> it was pretty close if it wasn't. Yeah. She was she was outstanding. Yeah. She really yeah. was. Yeah. I mean, everyone was outstanding. Yeah. But I think the casting of Sally in mm-hmm. that in that role was particularly yeah. interesting yeah. to people. Yeah. Oh, and no, to her sure. too. Yeah. 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 yeah it was- I think back on that play a lot. It's yeah. just, just like it was well done. Mm-hmm. Dan was great. Yeah. Scott I mean, was great. Scott was all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not inflate his ego any. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so did you have Scott in mind for that role from the beginning or, or was no. it kind of just something no. that kind of happened? It evolved, or? I think. It did? Yeah, it did. Nice. It was like, you know, kind of a, Okay, now who could play mm-hmm. um, Duncan as a pilot, a young pilot? Mm-hmm. Who could play Duncan as a teacher? Yeah, you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, it, because it was original, we all the script was not set in stone, mm-hmm. yeah. unlike the plays that right. you often do. Yeah. Um, so it it shaped itself around the actors in many ways yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um, the concept never really changed. Mm-hmm. But some of the lines and some of how, you know, we imagine things um, evolved over the course of the read throughs and the rehearsals. Right. Very mm-hmm. neat. Yeah. Very neat. It was great. It was just a wonderful yeah. experience. Mm-hmm. It was. It was. I went through a bit of turmoil at the time, um, but it was very, um, I don't know, cathartic for me. Mm-hmm. It helped me kind of process what I was going through at the time. Um, and of course that community we made together helped get me through that time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and those words that I spoke of yours, that really inspired me and, mm-hmm. you know, made me think about things that I needed to change at the time and really helped me do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I keep saying, just making that leap, and going for it with the wizard of Oz. I mean, my whole life has changed and that was another big part because I took that leap to play the lion. I did the storytelling show and met you. And then you asked me to do that. And then that 
it just it, it hmm. made everything so yeah. much better. <laughs> yeah, it well, you all know this. It can be very healing. Yes. Yeah. You know, to yeah. play a role. Yeah. And to dig in to something that's outside of yourself but yeah. becomes inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and you don't always anticipate that when you start. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. You're just looking to entertain, maybe. Yeah. You're, you're looking oh, to this get looks story fun. Out, I'll do yeah. this. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's yeah. I just, I just, uh, I, I heard this thing where, um, that, uh, Native Americans, um, after coming back from like battle, they would all gather around a fire, um, and they would, you know, tell of like their glories and failures and stuff like that. And, um, this, uh, psychiatrist was just like, I think that was really beneficial just because they were able to pour like a empty their their cups of like all this you know you know ptsd and like all this stress and all this hurt and they were able to share it with other people around the fire mm-hmm. to be able to share this this load and i i was think that's like something that we still do today like when we're you know telling these stories that are like real life stories and mm-hmm. like these emotional mm-hmm. stories and these funny stories you know, like we were just like we're we're taking that part of ourselves and we're we're offering it to the audience yeah. right so yeah. i i think you're right that like going through some some hard times you know there's something that you can just like kind of like let let, let go of yeah. on stage yeah you know yeah definitely um let's let's do a break yeah it's a little early but i need to take a break <laughs> All right, we're back. Just like that. It was like we were never gone. Mm -hmm. That's right. right. We weren't. Nice. So, Lisa, we talked about more to come. And that was Yeah, I think we did. We did. It was great to go back and think about it again. Yeah. It was was a good show. It was a really good time. Yeah. We got to do it twice because we went up to the barn and did it there. I wish we could do it again. Not not we, but someone. I, I... and mm. hoped that perhaps, um, you know, like the high school, you know, would if they were doing a one-act play festival competition, yeah. it would have to get trimmed down a little bit. Yeah. It was about an hour long, and mm-hmm. I think yeah. you need like forty-five. You need tops. like forty-five yeah. tops mm-hmm. for those. So, it you know anything that's written can get oh totally trimmed down. You could condense that for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. So, um, and I thought you know I always thought it would be a good. I've mentioned it to people, but. And COVID hit and they didn't mm, even yeah. do one act play festivals. And yeah, does this school have a, a drama program right now? They did, but I don't know that they do anymore. Yeah, I'm not no. sure what's going on with it right now. It's mm. sad. That's a shame. Yeah. There's not enough in the school happening right now. No. Well, we're, we're going to have uh, some high schoolers in in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So maybe okay. we can ask them how, how yeah. it's going on over there. Yeah, that's right. I have a couple so, of questions. I don't know if we're if, beautiful timing right there. All right, go ahead. Um, I I'm always fascinated by people's uh, creative process on like writing and stuff. So I was just curious, like, so 
what is your process in, in writing a, a play or writing a book or poem? Do you, is there, is there a process mm. or is it like just inspiration hit you and you just write it down or I, you have I think to there's always process, but it's never the same twice. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's, there are some poems that spill onto the page Yeah. and they are, you know, they're done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's a very, very rare thing. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I do find that when I, when I was younger, I would maybe write 100 poems mm-hmm. to get 12 poems that I liked. Yeah. Now I write like 15 to get 12. Yeah. I, it's mm-hmm. just, I, I think that's changed for me as I've mm-hmm. gotten older. There are many fewer that I just throw away. Yeah. You know, so I used to throw away a lot. Um. Yeah, but some, I also, yeah. I mean, I got, uh, I want to give a plug to West Coast Maine magazine okay. uh, that Bruce Little yeah. publishes. He hires writers and he actually pays us reasonably well. Huh. Um, and he commissioned, I've, I've done five short stories for that magazine. Okay. The first three that he purchased were stories that I had written 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I kind of pulled them out and worked them for the audience. Okay. The the fourth one I wrote from scratch for the magazine. And I just wrote another one from scratch for the magazine. Oh, cool. Um, so that's a, that's a different, you know, you haven't even written a word of it. You're hired. It's like a commissioned piece. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So um, I, this, this one that just came out in the winter edition, I wanted to write a ski story mm. about, you know, that happens at a ski area. Yeah. So he liked that idea. And mm-hmm. uh but I literally hadn't even conceptualized it when he hired me to do it. So that was, that was, and it, you know, three months later, boom, there mm-hmm. it is in print. Hmm. I'll have to read it. I haven't, I haven't read it yet. It's called Uphill. Uphill. Okay. Yeah. Both ways. <laughs> and it's got an ambiguous <laughs> ending. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Like so that. depending who reads it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Left up to their own interpretation. Yes. I like that. I like that too. Yes. Speaking of Dan Rennie, I ran into him at the Grange. I think we were seeing uh, whatever the last play was. Now I'm blanking It'll on it. It was Spelling Bee, right? It was Spelling yeah. Bee. Yeah. And um, he was going to the same performance that I was. And the yep. magazine had just come out a week or so before that. And he saw me in the parking lot. Oh, my God, Lisa. You know, what are you trying to do to us with these stories? You're killing us. <laughs> so that was a great reaction yeah. you know, yeah. um, to have somebody say that. But, but people, I don't get a lot of feedback. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you do read it, mm. let me know. What you okay. Yeah. We will. Yeah, yeah. We'll read it. Yeah. For sure. Great. So not, not to push you I don't you think I all. answered your question very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. Cause like I, I have my own way of like, you know, processing, like, you know, writing and stuff like that. I'm just, I'm, I'm always trying to, to get better and seeing how Mm. people are, are Mm -hmm. doing theirs and trying to gleam like something. So I I just like, so, well, like for one, do you, do you type it out or do you handwrite or? I journal. Okay. Um, so I usually start with handwriting, Yeah, but I, more quickly go to the computer these yeah. days than I used to. Yeah. Um, just because it's efficient. Yep. Yeah. So 
Um, and I, t- I tend, and I, when I teach writing, I suggest this, I tend to write long, draft long. Mm-hmm. And so for me, revision is cut, 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 yep. yeah. trim, 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 trim. It's not very often that I think, wow, I need to add a whole lot of words here. Mm. I really, <laughs> you know, I really shortchanged this <laughs> image or sentence. Yeah. It's more about, you know. Yeah. Okay, so I kind of do page dumps. Yeah. To start with. And I'm yeah. a very fast typist. Okay. So I can write, I draft a lot. And then for me, the revision process is almost always mm-hmm. deletion. Yeah. Huh. Or replacing, mm-hmm. you okay. know, yeah. choosing a better word or yeah. a better, yeah. in, a cleaner image or, you know. Yeah. But it's, it's a lot of deleting. Mm. So. Yeah. I think that's consistent whether I'm writing poetry or prose. Yeah. Okay. You know, write long, start trimming. Hmm. Someone hmm. wrote, uh, I, I should know who said this, uh, write drunk, draft drunk and edit sober. sober. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. So yeah. it's, it's that kind of principle, like just let it all, you know, happen yeah. and then put it away. That's another thing that's very key for me. Yeah. I mean, it can be putting it away for three days right. or it can be putting it away for a year. Yeah. But you've got to have that time to just mm-hmm. get it away from you. Yeah. So that no, you can key. go back with the mm. kind of editor hat on. Yep. Yeah. Which is very different than the drafting mm-hmm. hat. That oh. was Ernest Hemingway that said that. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. That would totally make sense because <laughs> yes. he yeah, no. certainly did <laughs> do a lot of drinking. <laughs> I thought it was Aaron who said that because <laughs> like, I heard him say it on this podcast. Yeah. I've said it before. Yeah. It's, it's I, I like that quote a lot. Yeah, yeah. I do too. Yeah. And I, I think you're so right about letting things breathe. Mm-hmm. Cause whenever I'm like, whenever I'm creating, I, I, it's, it's very often that I'll, I'll set it down. Sure. Or I'll just close the laptop, walk away. Not, it doesn't even have to be for long. But it's just right. It's just getting those that fresh eyes. Yep. The the not. I don't like to use the word like judgment, but like just like mm-hmm. critical. You know, it's like what don't I like? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know? I also find it, you know, essential for me to let somebody else read it. Yeah. During the drafting stage. Yeah. And I know that that makes some people uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah. But um. I find it essential because I, I will think something is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I read it aloud to other people, mm. I see all the cracks and the flaws and the weaknesses yes. and the words that maybe aren't the right words Yeah, because you're seeing it and hearing it yeah. from somebody else's perspective. Yeah. So like with more to come. I thought it was, I thought the second scene was done. And as soon as I heard Scott read it, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this is, this really needs work. <laughs> that that scene did change a it lot. It changed a lot. Yeah. You know, the first and the third didn't change that right. much, yeah. but that scene changed pretty radically. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. For the better, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I ran, um, we still meet, but for about 20 years, I did something called the Mountain Poets Society. Yeah. Mm. And uh, we met once a month. And um, 
we just, the whole purpose was to bring work that was a draft and share it with other people and get feedback. Yeah. And uh, we did some great work. Yeah. You know, sometimes it would be four of us. Sometimes it would be 10 of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some, most times somewhere in between. And uh, it was, it was very, very valuable for everybody. Yeah. It, it's, it's not easy. No. Letting like your work get critiqued. It is, it's not. Yeah. I mean, when you, when, when you get used to it, it's not that bad. But when, but at first you're like, here's my baby. I know. Right. And, th- and then they're like, they're <laughs> hacking it. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, no, this isn't good. This is, you're like, oh, no, my baby. Yes. Well, I used to tell people that it was, it was critique light. Mm. You know, we were, mm. we really did support each other, yes. you know, and I, even as a teacher, I always would say the crappiest essay that some kid scrolls, you know, 10 yeah. minutes before class, you can always find something good to say about it. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. nice crossing of the T's. <laughs> <laughs> That's really big in <laughs> You know, you spelled that one word right. Good for you. So, you know, there is something about finding the good and then gently pointing out that you have no idea what the poem's about or, you know, whatever you want to say. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. What what do they call it? A a hero sandwich? A good, bad, and then good? Sure. You know? Sure. But, no, yeah. that was the redacted sandwich. <laughs> oh, redacted in the middle. Nice piece of bread. Right, redacted. Yeah, in the middle, and then, then another, another piece, nice of piece of bread. bread. I'm glad that you described that. Yeah, so, thank yeah. you for painting that vivid <laughs> picture. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. talking about poetry, mm-hmm. now you were the poet laureate. I wish I were the poet laureate. You were a poet laureate. Well, many people have called me the poet laureate of Norway. Of Norway, right? Yes, I have been referred to that way many times, always with honor. Right. Um, But never anything official. No. Well, we're making it official. It's official here today. According to the Backstairs podcast, Lisa Moore. I have applied to be the main state poet laureate twice. The first time. They, they appoint a new one every five years. Yeah. The, the first time, eh, whatever. Wes McNair got it that year. He's a, you know, a university professor. He's published real mm-hmm. books. Yeah. Okay. All right. But this last time I was so disappointed. Aww. I really was, but they don't, you know, they're, they're criteria. I think they are looking for more academic mm more traditional mm. poets, but mm. they made a really big mistake Yeah, that time. Yeah. They really did. Yeah. You going to try again? Well, I mean, I'm almost 70 years old, so I don't know. I, I you know, you have to do a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm. I don't know. I don't know. Well, what, what does the poet laureate do? Of it, you do basically whatever you set out to do. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a few things you have to do, like read at Governor Mills' inauguration, mm-hmm. an original poem. And I think you're expected to attend certain events. Yep. Yeah. 
But I proposed, you know, a whole litany of things I would do, all of which were fabulous ideas. Mm -hmm. So, um, and very community centric. Yeah, you know, yeah. I do something called poetry on demand. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun! Huh. Um, I have an electric typewriter. Yep. I go to a festival. I plug it in. People come and sit in the seat, and I say, "What do you want me to write a poem about?" And they tell me, and I put a piece. I let them pick out a piece of paper. I put it in the typewriter, yeah. and I write a poem, and I give it to them. And that's it. That's cool. It's so cool. That's kind of like improv a it little bit. It's yeah. improv. It's yeah. improv. Yeah. yeah. It, is. it is. Wow. It's great. Yeah. I've had people cry. Oh, and wow. Just, you know, yeah. like just be so blown away that yeah. I was, I can write this mm -hmm. poem. And yeah. basically it's just listening. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. oh, my, my wife, you know, loves her goats. Oh, tell me about the goats. Um, You know, and he'll tell me about the goats and how she holds the goats when she milks them. And, you know, it's, it's not hard yeah. if you listen yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and I know at the uh, Norway arts festival, I did it one year and I probably did about 25 poems in the day. Mm -hmm. And I think almost all of them had raspberries in them. Like, you know, there's, there, it becomes kind of a, there's a, some images that start repeating themselves yeah. Yeah. Mm. through the day. It's not that they're not original. Mm -hmm. Some rhyme, some don't. Um, but uh, the typewriter is great. And, yeah. and people respond to the sound because we don't hear that sound mm -hmm. too, too much, much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, people would be walking by going, oh, my gosh, what's that sound? <laughs> um, you know, it's like that clickety-clack yes. sound. Yeah. Yeah. So... If I make a mistake, I would correct it and sign mm -hmm. it and give it to them. And, and it's just so transient, like improv. Right. Yeah. You right. know, it's, it's just, it just happens and then yeah. it's gone. You did that at the arts festival mm -hmm. here a couple of years ago, yeah, right? I did it a couple of times. I've done yeah. it up at, uh, in Bethel. They do a thing at the gem theater for middle yeah. schoolers I've done it there. Mm. Mm. I'd like to do more of that. Yeah. That yeah. was on my proposal. Yeah. For the poet laureate. Yeah. Well, you're welcome to come to the Backstairs Podcast booth at the Arts Festival and do yeah. poetry on demand if you yeah. want to. Yeah. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Or I could set up right beside yeah. you. Yeah, right. That'd be yeah. awesome. You guys are a little loud. Yeah, we are loud. <laughs> we, we can be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, and John will be there. So that that yeah. does yeah. sound like us. You're right. <laughs> and it, it is kind of hard to concentrate sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, true. I'm trying to write here. <laughs> <laughs> Let it inspire you. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. You yeah. can come to us, get some inspiration. Mm -hmm. There you go. Then go off to your mm -hmm. quiet little corner and, right. and do some. Right. Because we're very inspiring. Mm -hmm. Right. Right, Aaron? <laughs> that is one well, word for it. That is a word. <laughs> is that a word? Inspiring? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, oh, I just thought the word that he just used was. <laughs> That's the, the word. Shrugs the shrugs and the <laughs> eye rolls and yeah. the. <laughs> The, lip. the eye rolls. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Well, we uh, have a typewriter here if you want to write one up real quick. <laughs> no, thanks. It doesn't work. So yeah. I'm glad she said no. <laughs> no the the uh, typewriter is a, is a cool thing. I found out um, listening to a podcast with Tom Hanks. He I know the book. He collects. It's great. Typewriters. Yeah. And he has a book oh. called Uncommon Type. Yeah, I want to read that. It's a collection of short stories. It's yeah. quite good. Mm. 
But anytime he writes someone a letter, he does it on his typewriter. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got that feel, you know, like the little indentations from the typewriter on it. Yes. It's three dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. It's very neat. It was, it was a neat little talk. That is cute. I I don't know if cute is the right word, but (laughs) I I like that. It's, It's very like precious and like. It is. That's a good word for it. It's precious then. And it's, there's one of, it's one of a kind, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, yeah. it doesn't exist in any like cyber dimension. Yeah. Yeah. It's, in the cloud. It is what yeah. it is. And that's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. They asked him like, well, what's that uh, collection worth? He's like, you know, maybe a buck 50. That, that's, but that isn't the reason he collects the typewriters. Mm-hmm. It's, it's for that feeling mm-hmm. that it Each gives Each of him. the stories has a typewriter in the story. And it uh, opens with a, a black and white graphic of that, of the typewriter. Yeah. So you get a little history of typewriters and it's, it's just, it's a delightful book. Oh, mm. wow. What was it called? Uncommon Type. I'll have to, mm. I'll have to get it at the library. <laughs> yeah. They had it at Rennie's. Oh, nice. This, this uh, yeah. I bought like six of them because huh. mm. they were really inexpensive. Yeah. Mm. A little plug for Rennie's there. Yeah. A main and, adventure. Uh, a main oh, adventure. Yeah. You should do a Rennie's commercial. <laughs> <laughs> They've been doing a little commercial every episode. Well, they did the musical, Rennie's the musical. Oh. There were two at Was Deer really? Trees. Yeah. Yeah. Did Rennie's the musical? Yes. There were actually two different ones. I don't remember who wrote them, but. Um, wow. Oh, what's her name? She's married to Walter Reisman. Jane. Oh, Jane. 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 Yeah. Directed. I oh, think I both can, of them. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know You could that. get her on the podcast. Oh, we yeah, should. We should get Jane. Oh, she's great. Gosh, she yeah. is. She's a firecracker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jane, That's if you're listening. Idea. Yeah, Jane. Reach out to us. Yes. Jane. The Baxter's podcast at gmail.com. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. Um, but the idea made me lose the idea I had to ask. What were we well, you said about? that you mentioned deer trees and you have a history with deer trees also, oh, yeah. right? I do. We've had a couple poetry readings there. Um, The Commons Art Collective that I used to be involved with did uh, art exhibits there. Mm -hmm. And Tony Seeger wrote a play. Oh, my gosh. It must be 15 years ago or so called Telephone. Um, And somebody, I I think she had cast, it was, I guess it was probably 20 years ago because I don't think we had lived here long. And she had cast the play and somebody dropped out oh. and she called me. And so I stepped in kind of a week before performance. Oh, I literally geez. had the script on the stage wow. because I didn't have time to learn yeah. the lines. Wow. So we just decided just to kind of go with it, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, so that was my, might've been my last time on stage before more to come. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a little bit. Yeah. That's neat, though. It's it's beautiful theater. I love that theater. Yeah. It is a beautiful theater. Yeah, we're lucky to have it here. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. definitely. I feel ashamed. I haven't been to a Deer Tree you show. You should be ashamed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't be ashamed. It's fine. I, we'll I go am a little bit. We'll go. We got to go you this will. year. We're going to you Dave's sauna. Yeah, we'll I was going to say you didn't right? see Dave's sauna. It, it, it fell on a weird week where we just were both busy. Oh, they did a great job. Yeah. I thought. Did you see it, Scott? No, I didn't. They're bringing it back this summer. Oh, good. Yeah. 
Oh. And you could have Jonathan on. Yeah, we mm-hmm. we've definitely talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonathan, <laughs> if you want to <laughs> remember Jonathan, we got to get you on for a whole episode. We did have him on yeah. for the Arts Festival episode. Oh, good. For mm-hmm. Briefly, but yep. he had some great stuff. Yeah, he did. To say I know mm-hmm. we'd have a great. I was a little him. skeptical. I thought you yep. know I knew Dave, I knew the sauna, I know Jonathan, I know the crew. I mean, I felt like I should go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we loved it. Oh, good. Yeah. We just. I thought they did a fabulous job. Wonderful. We had a blast. They, yeah, everybody Left. must have thought so. They can come bring it back. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, good. Yeah. It deserves another run. Yeah, mm. great. Great. Um, so going back to the writing, you, you do poetry. Um, you've done some short stories. You get a favorite genre? You, you like to mix it up with I your stories? I think I like to mix it up. Yeah. The ones that I've written for the magazine, the West Coast Maine magazine, have all yep. been... When we were talking about process before, I wanted to bring up audience. Yeah. You know, I think um, my my poetry collections, it's not that I'm writing for any person, but I'm writing for people who know me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because I don't sell them. I gift them. Yeah. Mm. A long time ago, I decided enough with this publishing crap. Yeah. You know, yeah. I had single poems picked up and I came really close with a novel once you know, to having it published and it fell through. Mm-hmm. I finally just said, eh, who needs it? I can make my living in other ways and separate the art from, you know, the, the writing for money. Yeah. So that works for me. So I do these little collections every five years. I've done it since 1990. So this will be my, in 2025 will be my eighth one. Huh. Nice. And they're all that same format that you yeah. were looking yeah. at with the, Long pages yep. that yeah. open. Show the people, Scott. Show the people. Oh, thank you, Vanna. <laughs> <laughs> and you see how they open? Yeah. So the story behind this is I had a friend who um, uh, worked for a printer. And he said, we've got this stack of all this paper that um, was cut off from something. Oh. And it's all these long pieces. I think they would be really good for poetry. So the first book I did that way. Yeah. And it's nice because you don't have to have, the pages don't break. Yeah. So you get this long real estate. Yeah. You can put two poems or one long poem. You know, I usually put a real long one in the middle where there's no, you know, um, seam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I, I loved it so much and got so much positive feedback about it. I've done it ever since. So very cool. Do you mind if I read one? No, I would love to hear you read one. So I just opened up to this one. Would it be all right? You, if you, well, yeah, I think you should read one. Which one do you want to read? Is that's what I opened up to, and I oh, I liked it. Yeah, you should read it for us. Yeah, well, how about if you read one and then I'll read one? But I (laughs) want you to read a different one. (laughs) Okay, I want you to read the one that's facing on top. Well, yeah, well, that's appropriate for. This place. We do have a couple of those. Yeah. Yeah. This one is called Cat. I'm a cat in a household of dogs. I'm a toad in a river of frogs. I'm red on a palette of blues. I'm a hat in a closet of shoes. A breath in a room full of noise. I'm a girl in a family of boys. (laughs) I love it. 
And I am a girl in a family of boys. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Yes. I like that one a lot. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Well, and I, I, I have to say that, uh, the one thing I love about my poems is that they're very accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. we get the New Yorker. Honest to God, I've been a poet my since I was four. And some <laughs> of the poems in that magazine, it doesn't even matter how long, how many times I read them. I have no idea what they're about. Yeah. <laughs> so no one says that about my stuff. <laughs> oh, this is, I, I should have thought ahead. Sorry, we're just springing this on you. That's yeah. Okay. Well, he read one that rhymes, so let me read one that doesn't. Oh, this is nice, because this is very much about teachers, and this is a really old one. The Guitar Lesson. Mm. Every Tuesday at 7 in 1965, my dad drove me to Linda Yoder's apartment, full of incense, jazz, tie-dye, and paperbacks. First, we tuned up while her bearded husband made us herbal tea. And then I'd play what she taught me the week before. Dylan, Carol King, Peter, Paul, and Mary. My fingers and voice tiptoed among the phrases, choruses, and pauses like a cautious kitten. Sometimes, Linda Yoder sang while I played like I was center stage or she'd harmonize, her voice hugging mine. We sat on her frayed couch, her hair frizzy, her face freckled. She smelled of patchouli and lavender as she sang. She sang a new song, while I sat in rapture at the thought that next week I'd be able to sing it, after seven late nights of singing it over and over, wishing I would grow up to have furniture and guitars and students and a bearded husband making tea. My dad picked me up at eight. Once Linda Yoder waited with me outside on her porch, catching snowflakes on our tongues, humming the song I had just learned and never suspecting that I would write this poem in 40 years, still in love with her. Oh. That's beautiful. Oh, oh I love Thank it. You. Wow. Yeah. You have and the way that you spoke it, it, it was just so vivid. Like I could I could picture every every single thing, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really neat. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. That's just what I'm after. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. great. Wow. So yeah. Janelle, you got anything you wanna Oh boy. Get into I'm just before we like Enjoy so enjoying yeah. listening to all of your stories and experiences yeah. and oh right there's there was a story we love to hear the stories uh, of those uh, those fails the stage mishaps fails the mishaps. and mayhem oh, yes well, and you mentioned you mentioned one I did this is a really yeah. really old one yes oh, please tell let's, let's okay hear about so that here's I'll I'll set the stage so I'm in college I'm a theater major. I told you I loved costuming. I liked directing, stage managing. Yeah. But you had to take a lighting course. Mm. That was a requirement. I've never been technological in any way. (laughs) So one of the requirements of the lighting course was that you had to be the lighting manager 
the lighting tech yeah. for a major production. So I chose the Moliere play that happened in two acts. And at the beginning of act one, the lights go up. At the end of act two, act one, the lights go down. Beginning of act two, the lights go up. The, begin, the end of act two, the lights go down. Easy peasy. Perfect. Right? You yep. can't mess mm-hmm. this up. Well, I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's, that's one way to mess it up. It's yeah. really the only way to mess it up. So I, the, the director was a professor who was a very flamboyant gay man, Charles Ballinger. He, he, I never, I was always very intimidated by him anyway. Yeah. Um, and so here I am in the lighting booth, which is in the, you know, in the back of the theater upstairs, mm-hmm. you know, this little dark room and here I am <laughs> sound asleep. <laughs> well, it's probably warm. And the actors are on stage and, and you know, it's Moliere. So at the end, there's always a freeze. <laughs> And, you know, the audience is cracking up and the lights go down and the house lights come up and it's intermission, except they're all on stage frozen in this pose in their costumes and their and nothing happens. (laughs) (laughs) So it it becomes uncomfortable, I'm sure, for everyone. The audience is wondering what's going on. I thought it was intermission. And Charles comes running up the stairs, you know, and probably yells something blasphemous at me and wakes me up and shuts the lights down. And so, uh, that was my blackout. Blackout. (laughs) I remember him saying something like, do you think you can handle act two? (laughs) (laughs) So I did manage to pass the course. It was good. I only, I think I could, I could take it pass fail, but I did have to pass it. Yeah. So, but I was pretty good with the tests and the books mm-hmm. and the, that right. stuff. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I mom. didn't. I was. It was a long time living that down. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good, uh, <laughs> a good moment. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And it was. I mean, we're talking almost. This was forty years ago, and I can still remember it like mm-hmm. it was yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, you don't forget those. No, those no. stick out forever. Yeah. Yep. It's funny how moments like that, where you feel like. I would I would assume like shame and like like disappointment, and at the moment it's like so terrible, and then forty years later, it's just it's, you it's can funny. laugh. You can yeah. laugh at yes. it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, that's, yeah. I don't know. It, I have countless fails in my life that I I look back on and laugh at myself. I now. think most people do, <laughs> and if you don't. You're not living well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think you know that's you take good. risks. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, mm. nice. Mm-hmm. Oh. So um, I think we're going to start to wrap things up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So good. What we do here when we wrap up the show, we call it strike. You ever gone to a strike? Uh, she writes plays. She doesn't. Well, she doesn't well, she's, yes, she's I do. I've certainly been to a strike. Yes. Yeah. So you show up to strike. Yes. Yes. Good. You. Not everybody shows up for strike. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It was one time that I didn't show up to strike. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you're still being reminded. Of it? I guess. Well, mm. it was it was recent. Sorry, Kristen. We, we friend like, of the podcast. We like to tease people here. You know, I don't know if you noticed, but for strike. To end the show, we ask five questions. 
Okay. So your strike today, the first question is going to be, since you went to Notre Dame, did you know Rudy? I did not, but I did know <laughs> Joe Montana. Oh, no I way. tutored him. You tutored Joe he Montana. He was the second string quarterback. Yeah. He never played first string yeah. at Notre Dame, but huh. I did. That's tutored cool. Joe Montana. Do you, you get, they probably don't even know who Joe I Montana is. Know. I know. I know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Montana was. He was like Tom Brady before, before Tom, Brady. Tom Brady. He was Tom Brady yes. before Tom Brady, right? Yes. Now, who's going to be the new Tom Brady is the question. I think I have a Joe Montana card. Oh, maybe it's worth some money. We have a cousin that just sold a Tom Brady rookie mint card for $950,000. If you said $900, i would be like, that's a lot of money. I thought you were just going to say $950, and I was like, dang. No, no. Wow. His grandfather bought it for him. When he was born, because it was his first grandson, didn't know anything about, I mean, Tom Brady was nobody. Mm -hmm. Right. And the guy sold him this card for $300. He put it in the closet. Wow. Thanks, Grandpa. 25 years later. That's it. The return on that. Yeah, that's going to say, that's a a good turn in investments. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Second question. What are you listening to? You mean music? Yeah. Could music, be whatever. podcasts, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Well, whatever. not podcasts. No. <laughs> we we don't we don't get any cell reception mm. at my house. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could mm-hmm. listen on my laptop, but I work on my laptop. Mm-hmm. So when I want to relax, I get away from my yeah. laptop. Yep. Yeah. I am embarrassed to admit that I listen to NPR an awful lot. Mm. Yes, yeah, nothing embarrassing about that. Yeah, it's fine. I, I do. Yeah. I have it on speed dial in my car. The hidden brain. Oh my gosh. I could listen to that every some day. Some of the stories that come through NPR. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the Moth Radio yes, Hour. I absolutely. Love. That's that's what I like to listen to. Yeah. yeah the Moth is We listen to vinyl Sally. at home. Mm-hmm. We have a we still have a vinyl record player. Yeah, we got, so we we, have know, we pull out the old yeah. albums, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Humble Pie we listened to uh, last night. So Yeah. Nice. I, I heard that uh the Moth is coming to Merrill. Really? I know, cool. I was, like, I was thinking about going. Yeah. That. Yeah. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Are they inviting local people to tell stories? I assume. You should you should yeah, look that you, up. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I didn't even mm-hmm. think you should. Yeah. So do you have any guilty pleasure musicals since we are a musical theater loving? Guilty pleasure crowd? musicals. Yeah. Or just a favorite. Well, interestingly, I did put the Pippin vinyl on the other night. There you go. And I hadn't listened to it, Mm. you know, since we directed it at Hebron back in probably 1980. Mm -hmm. And amazingly, I could still sing all the words to (laughs) most of the songs. Mm -hmm. And that happened with Godspell when I saw it here. Are they both Stephen Schwartz shows? I think they are. Right? I think they might be. Yeah. Yes. He has a way of writing yes. those catchy tunes. Yes. So you saw Godspell. Absolutely. Okay. I Are you directed kidding? Godspell. And so I there. was not, I, I was sitting there and thinking, okay, I, I wonder if I'm going to remember any of this. Yeah. Every word. That's awesome. Every word. That's good. So yeah. cool. Right. Songs Very that cool. I didn't even know I remembered. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that one. So. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what that is like in our memory, where songs like. Yeah. Like there's things like that will pop up from like childhood. Right. Yeah. And I'll be like, 
yeah, I know exactly mm -hmm. the words of this song and mm -hmm. I haven't heard it in 20 years. And I think when you're in a show, you oh, hear it so many times yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. by the time, you know, you yeah. strike, yeah. you've heard it a hundred times. Yeah. Yeah. You've sung it 90. Yeah. So it's pretty imprinted yeah, in absolutely. a deep way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's yeah. funny. Um, Bull Moose, uh, the, mm -hmm. they, a few years ago, did like a gag Christmas ad where they were going to sell main commercials, like their jingles. Like the jingles, yeah. CD. And I got so mm -hmm. excited just because yeah. like they would play like these jingles that I haven't heard in so many years. <laughs> and I'm like, this is so cool. Like the, like the Rennie's commercials sure. and mm -hmm. like, um, I know. I, there, there was other ones. It wasn't Christmas. It was April Fools. It was, was an it, April it, Fools it, joke. But it was still, it was, it was, was a it, great joke. Was it uh, Lost Valley that had that like whistle? It wasn't really, there weren't any words to it, but it like the whistling tune. Isn't that Hammond Lumber? No, 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 no. Like that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it was a, it was, I remember it was a ski resort. Mm -hmm. I was thinking it was Lost Valley, but it might've been. Well, Shawnee they're whistling Hammond Lumber. Yeah. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Iconic. Yeah. Iconic. It's very sure. kind of a wispy. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. back to the question. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Strike three. Strike three. That was strike three. Oh, strike four. Sorry. I'm not... Strike four. <laughs> Who's counting? Um, you got any thoughts on new ways to stage shows? Oh. Well, I'm going to just go with the first thing that came to my mind, and that would be outdoors. Mm -hmm. Yep. We're getting yeah. out a lot. Yeah. 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 I think, I think, I think the COVID idea. thing, uh, mm -hmm. like the Allen Day Garden has a small mm -hmm. covered stage area yeah. that mm -hmm. they put up in the summers. Mm -hmm. Someone could do something bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Outdoors. Yeah. I mean, there's that risk, but good mm -hmm. Lord, they do Shakespeare in the park. Mm -hmm. Right. In New York City every mm -hmm. year. You're going to put up a tent. Yeah. Um, I think outdoors is is the way to go. And there's yeah. also over at the fairground, there's that enormous yeah. yep. theater yeah. that could be used. Yeah. So hmm. I hadn't thought about the community garden. They do have a, a little stage. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. Yeah. It's a good idea. Very cool. Awesome. So one more question. And we kind of asked it maybe. Um, but what I usually end with is, uh, in your opinion, how do we build a community? Well, we kind of started there with the mm. bubbles and the Venn diagrams. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and we talked about this in the kitchen, but I, I'm kind of glad to bring it up again. Um, last two weekends ago, uh, a very close friend celebrated an 80th birthday. Yeah. And I like to do this thing where I bring... I rewrite the words to a popular song that's easy for everybody to sing yeah. to celebrate the person. And it's, you know, it's not theater, but it's just so community building. The community is just whoever's in the room, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's very community building. So it pulls people in, yeah. you know, for everybody to sing a song together. Yeah. It makes mm. everybody feel like they're an mm -hmm. actor for a minute. Yeah. 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 And, um, so that's that. I think my point is that it can be simple mm -hmm. things, yeah. you know, to just get everybody to just. We we did when you're at the arts festival. I had this idea that we would set the Guinness World Book of Records 
for um, how many people recite a poem together. Mm-hmm. And the record was set in Tibet 20 <laughs> years ago. They had like, I don't know, 50,000 people recite some poem in a big stadium. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I thought, well, we can do this. <laughs> so we decided to do Jabberwocky. Yeah. And we did get a couple hundred people wow, cool. to come and recite Jabberwocky yeah. at the arts festival. And we didn't set a record, but I think we set a record for Norway. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. But the community that was created from that simple yeah. exercise was really pretty mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Kids, parents, people that you know, came from all over the place because we knew they knew we were doing this. And, you know, people showed up because we were doing Jabberwocky at 1230 (laughs) in the afternoon. Wow. Cool. And it was cool. So I think there's we there's opportunities to pull people in that don't even think of themselves as performers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So does that answer your question? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Some great thoughts nice. on that. May I add a sixth question to strike? Is that uh, allowed? Well, uh, we're going to talk to the producers. Um, oh, well, you are. The let pe- me oh. let me just answer myself. Yes, Janelle, you uh, may okay. add a sixth question All to right. strike. I really would love to know, um, do you have any upcoming projects, things that you're working on, things that you're excited about? Well, I have my 2025 collection. Mm-hmm. So um, that's in process. Mm-hmm. And we're, my husband and I are writing a play together okay. and we have been for a very long time, but, uh, it's called drinking in the city of my fathers mm. and it takes uh. place in a U-shaped bar with, you know, a couple people on one side of the bar, a couple people on the other side of the bar and the bartender and maybe a bus person that comes in and out. Okay. I don't want to give away too much, Yeah, don't. but the people on one side of the bar are in one dimension and the people on the other side of the bar are in a different dimension Mm -hmm. and the bartender serves them both. Mm -hmm. So there's some moments where there's overlap, but it's a, it's a one act play yeah, and it's um, kind of, you know, a little spooky in the beginning. Mm -hmm. You don't want the audience to really know what's going on at first. And then there's a point where they maybe figure it out. Mm. So well, it's in process. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited to see it someday. Hopefully. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully. Yeah. You'd be a great bartender. Oh, I would love, <laughs> I would love to be in it. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Very awesome. neat. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. That's great. This has been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's always fun to see you. Always. Always. Um, anything else you want to plug or, or mention before we wrap things up? No. No, I just, uh, I was thinking of my brother who is an accountant who still lives in Ohio. We had a very deep conversation about the story uphill, which was so out of the box. My brother doesn't even read very much, let alone Mm -hmm. want to talk to me about a story. But he said, I could write a really good short story about doing people's taxes. (laughs) And I said, I bet you could. He goes, well, you know, maybe next time we talk, I can tell you about it and you can write it. And I said, no, it's not my story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you, you write it. So I would just encourage everybody to write the stories down. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, get it down on paper. You don't have to send it to a magazine. Yep. Even if you just yeah. put it in a drawer for somebody to find someday. Yeah. It's, it's enough. 
Mm-hmm. And as you were saying, it's, you know, it's a way to figure things out for yourself. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's a beautiful way to end that I episode, think so too. I think. <laughs> yeah. Can, uh, do you have socials or a website that people can see your work or any? I uh, do not. I have my little books. You have your little books. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. She sends yeah. them out. Yep. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Lisa. You are very yes. welcome. Thanks for inviting me and uh, keep up the good work. Yeah. You too. Yeah. Yes, you too. <laughs> yes, you too. We look forward we're to gonna, hearing more from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to get those West Coast magazines and, and uh, read them stories. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. West Coast. And, not Western Maine. No, no it is West Coast. Yeah, it is it West Coast? Coast. Believe it or not, that's yeah. the name of the magazine. Yeah. Oh, I'm West sorry. Coast Maine. Yeah, because we're on Maine. the west coast of Maine. <laughs> okay. So, there's no water. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of water around. So there's New Hampshire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I'm sorry. All right. Well, there we go. Yes. <laughs> you said west coast. I, I just I changed it in my mind to mid coast. Of course you did. Well, we're not mid coast either. Well, it's like it's a magazine. Maybe we're they're no at, maybe they're in the mid coast. <laughs> yeah. I, you can send. If she can send things to Boston, she can send them to Mid-Coast, Maine. That's true. So that's that's true. Well, on that note, this has been the Backstairs Podcast. The Backstairs Podcast. The Backstairs Podcast. And the Backstairs Podcast. All right. Great. This has been the Backstairs Podcast. You can stream the audio or video format of this episode anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Backstairs Podcast. Send us an email at thebackstairspodcast at gmail.com. Redacted!